This is Bench Time with Todd and Brett Wiley from HOScaleCustoms.com. Bench Time is a model railroading podcast that focuses on the modeling side of the hobby, where we focus way too much attention on the small scenery and structure details of our layouts. Each week, we'll cover topics from tools and scratch building to current projects, and we'll also share our mess-ups and triumphs with modeling. Not that we don't pay attention to the trains either, we just get all excited about the realism of our scenery. So sit down, you fine scale freaks. We're about to dive into the details. Hello, welcome to the first episode of Bench Time with Todd Wiley and Brett Wiley of HS Scale Customs. Uh, we are here to talk today about our first episode of podcasting. We are brand new to this. Uh, our podcast is going to be, we're going to try to do it on a weekly basis if we can. Uh, it's going to be about fine scale model railroading, structure, scenery, and details. We're probably not going to talk about trains and the model of trains and the you know, how many cars you can pull and if it's the prototype of the correct number on that on that particular car or if it had a rail brake or handbrake i don't even know these things to be honest with you um my thing would be um this is all about your your structure building your your landscaping your um your scenery details the little minor details that you would put on a street corner or in a field uh these types of things uh how we can achieve these we're learning as as you know, many of you are, some of you are experts and you've been doing it a long time. You know, we're just now getting back into it. We, my son and I, who run, uh, are going to be doing this podcast. Uh, we, I used to do it 30 some years ago. I got away from the hobby of doing it. And now, um, I'm back into it. We tried doing some modeling again when my son Brett was, uh, in his teens and, we did a little bit, but we never really went anywhere with it because things in life happen, and we all have things that we got to do. Although this is just a hobby, it got put on the back burners. A couple of years ago, um, Brett came to me and said, "Hey, Dad, let's uh, let's crank up the uh, try and get into that model railroading again." And we have, and uh, we were always both of us. Even when I started him back in the teens, we were. Uh, pretty much influenced by George Selyus and the Franklin South Manchester uh, model railroad that uh, George Selyus built. That was something that we always looked at pictures of, and I even had a booklet of it. Uh, he had put a publication out on it. It was just all photos, and it was very intriguing and and uh, inspiring, uh, of course, to to try and duplicate what you saw to the best of your ability. Who's going to du- duplicate George entirely? Uh, he's the master, as we all know. I think he's a trendsetter of the hobby. But um, this is what got us back into it. Now as adults, as my son being an adult now, uh, has two children of his own, uh, we have started to build a model railroad in his basement. And uh, we both work on it together. It's you know coming along, and we're building it as best we can. It's going to be a city scene along that lines, model 1939 to 45. And that is, you know, of course, the World War II Americana era. Uh, and that's kind of what we're focusing on. But um, our podcast is going to be about everything it is to modeling, uh, the tips and tricks and things that we do the, to, build, uh, to build your railroad up um, and uh, to build your model railroad up in detail. 
that type of thing. Um, that's where we're going. The uh, things that we'll talk about tonight are um, projects. Uh, topic one will be uh, on the workbench. Or uh, we'll have a, a weekly series of uh, the topic called on the workbench, or um, which will be product projects that we're cur- both currently working on. Him and I, we both contribute to the model railroad together. So we'll talk to you about the pr- products that we've been working with and trying to build. Um, and then we will talk about, we just both recently visited the Fine Scale Model Railroad Expo in Altoona. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, what we saw, what we liked. And, and then we're going to talk about uh, our another group, uh, another another segment of this podcast will be called Toolbox. And we're going to talk about some of your favorite tools that you would use or what we use on our, on our model building. Uh, and then we'll finish up with uh, some topics on detailed parts, small parts that we, that we like and we'd like to have or we have um, and we're working with. Um, and then, of course, uh, we're going to feature a product uh, every week. And this week we're going to talk about AK Interactive Rust Set and AK Interactive uh, weathering products are oh, they're awesome um and uh for i'm gonna turn this over to brett right now for a couple of seconds so he can introduce himself to you and uh look forward to many podcasts in the future well here we go all right well thanks for the uh long and lengthy in- intro there uh my name is brett wiley with hm scout customs and uh like i said like my dad had introduced me as uh, a couple years ago um we I decided to start a, an HO scale layout in, in my basement. And with the limited knowledge I had from when I was a teenager, uh, we kind of jumped, you know, headfirst into putting a layout into my basement. And now we have, it's not too big, but we have a four by, um, a four by 16 layout in the basement. And, uh, it's a good hobby to have, you know, I have two daughters age right now. They're three and six months. So, it's a good stay-at-home hobby. And, you know, it just allows me to have a hobby in in my basement so I don't have to leave the house. We we had some other hobbies in the past where I was away a lot and and I decided it was time to hang them up and and focus on something I could do that would keep me home. So we enjoy it together. And about once a week or, t- you know, once or twice a week, my dad comes down and we work in the basement. And uh, I look forward to sharing all of our mistakes and new discoveries and everything we learn in the hobby with you guys as far as new products and things we learned that we shouldn't have done or turned out really awesome. So you never know. I think everyone learns from their own mistakes. And uh, basically, it'll be cool to share our mistakes and learning experiences with you guys as we go through the hobby because I don't think you can ever learn everything about it. You always, you always meet new people and you always hear new things or see new blog posts about current you know, new things and current techniques that are, are new to the industry that people discover and, and, uh, and we discover. So we'll, we'll try to share them as we go and, uh, looking forward to having a good time on a podcast with you guys. Hope everyone enjoys it. That's great. So I'm just going to keep rolling here with this. Um, so we're going to roll right into on the workbench on the workbench. We're going to talk about what we've been doing this week. Um, or the workbench for me uh, is these um, we're, we're building a harbor on our layout and that's a big part of our layout. The one end 
Um, on that end, we have, you know, it's, it's, we have some of the modeling water down, uh, the first couple layers that we're doing with Mod Podge. And, uh, with that, we have, uh, details, you know, different buildings, water structures that are in the water. Um, I have some bar mill products that are uh, structures that are down there that Brett and I both built some of each of those. Um, and then we have some, uh, FOS scale model, uh, water structures that are on, you know, uh, on pilings in the water and a pier, uh, that goes out over a large pier. Uh, and that has a, a piece of track work that goes out. So you can take the train out over the, over the, over the, um, the harbor itself. Um, our, you know, our layout is called, uh, Blackwater Cove and, um, it's based on a Maryland theme. And what I've been trying to do is I bought these, um, channel markers or channel marker buoys and uh they're by uh made by sylvan and sylvan makes the uh the car kits that are that you can build the the you know the, the automobiles uh vehicle structure the vehicle kits that are available um they also make vehicle structures how about that that was a mess up but okay we'll roll with that one anyways don't let it that vehicle out. structures but um these these are pretty neat they're uh they're <laughs> nice little um, channel markers that would float in the water. And I had a lot of fun building them. They're very intricate. They have, uh, I have two of them on my workbench right now. Um, they're red and one's red, one's black. Um, they're very, that's very important actually, because, uh, they, you know, they tell you where the, where the boats come in to port from out the sea and from out of port to sea. Um, they have channels and, that they would come in and out of. Um, and tell them about how you painted one of them green and why it shouldn't have been green well i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna get to that here we have uh the one was green i painted it like this pale ugly green so if you so if you go online and research which you should do anyways um i i went online i looked up photos on google google you know image search and i do that for a lot of stuff uh it's a good way to get a visual on the colors that you want to match. Uh so I was like, what 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 color would be the other one other than red? And um I went with uh this green color that I saw on every one of them. And I was like, this is awesome. This is really it's like a yeah, you know, puke green color. It was nice, you know, it was, it wasn't really wasn't really nice. But um and and so I did this, and then I got a message on my Facebook from a friend of mine because I posted a photo up of it, and uh, he used to was he was in the Navy, retired from the Navy now, and um, he had been one of those people that was in charge of or was sent out somewhere during his his duty uh, to go out and clean and I guess maintenance work on these channel markers. And uh, he contacted me and said, "Oh, those that is beautiful work, but yeah, what a they job. weren't green." He said they weren't green until 1988. In 1940, which we're trying in that 1940 era, he said they were black. So I had to totally clean off the old paint. And thank God I was using, uh, you know, um, acrylics. And I was able to wash it off and scrub it with a very fine, uh, soft brush and got the green paint off of the model because it's just styrene plastic is what they make it out of. And it's like I said, the details on it are really nice. It has it has, you know, very the bottom part, the float uh, has a nice mold to it. That that part is uh, by Sylvan Model Works. 
and uh, it is HO-1065 is the name, is the actual, the, if you were going to order it, that's the, the part. Um, you could probably go online and look that up, too. It's HO-1065 Channel Marker buoy, and uh, it has really nice little fine details to it. It's very well done. Um, it doesn't come with the numbers to put on it. Yeah, so I you know I had to put my own numbers on, uh, which is fine. You get some, some decal numbers and stick them on there. Um, but that, that's that was you know, I guess it's some of them have numbers, some of them didn't have numbers. Most of the ones I saw on the photos did. Now this kit, um, <coughs> well, like I said, I scrubbed it down and I repainted it black. It turned out really nice, anyways. The red one's awesome. But then on the bottom of them, I noticed that they had. Um, they had a lot of, uh, all of them had like a lot of rust and muck on the bottom, a uh, green slime and muck and that kind of thing. So I used some of my, um, uh, acrylic paints, started it off in different layers and, and put it up about halfway around the, the, uh, um, the bottom of the float and in a perfect line all the way around almost. And it looks just awesome. It, it, the rust on it turned out really nice. Um, and we did that with several products. I used the acrylics and, um, uh, a burnt umber and then, a um, I went with a raw sienna and a burnt sienna and mixed that in as a rust color over, just kind of left them show, you know, by washes. They were kind of washes, one wash over another, and I built it up in layers. And then I went with, um, some of this, uh, you could use several different products but the first one i did in red and to put barnacles on or to show the rust corrosion i used uh some white dilated diluted white glue put on very thin over to the area i wanted to have it and then sprinkled salt from a salt shaker on it and let it dry and once it dried then i took some rust colors from the ak products i'm going to talk to you a little bit later on and um i kind of touched them up with the rust, different rust colors or rust deposits. And um, it brought them out. It brought those salt crystals out. Some of them fell off, and that's fine. It kind of overdid it at first. You brush off what you need. It turned out really nice. The second one, the black one, I thought I'd try a, set, a different technique. And I used the AK Interactive uh, product called Corrosion Texture. And I've tried it before with some success and failure, and I'm sure I'll talk to you about that at some point as well later on. Um, but the corrosion texture on the bottom, <laughs> kind of the same effect. You can also, <coughs> pardon me on the coffin there. Yeah, you can also get that product um, as well from art supply Easy stores. Easy there. Uh, they have an art supply uh, product. You can get it at Michael's or... or um, AC Moore, and that is, let me find it up here, um, son of a gun. Obviously, if you're going to Michael's or AC Moore, you should not go with your 50% off coupon. Oh, yeah, we got to talk or about else that. You're, or else you're a complete buffoon. Like, you, you can't. Oh, you're, no. You can't do it. No. No, without if you ever spent If you ever spent full price on an item at Michael's... You're you're foolish, right? Right? Yeah. I mean, I I I never walk out of Michaels without paying. Not Michaels. Uh, AC Moore. I usually walk out with fifty percent or better. 
uh, on one product. So you take your, your most expensive product, you're walking out of that store, and you paid half price for it. And I don't care what it is. Down to <clears throat> light fixtures on my on my workbench here, I bought these Ot lights, and they're really expensive. And I pay, I never, I, I have three of them on my desk. I've never worked with one of, I never paid, I never paid full price for any of them. I paid 50% or, la, or more <coughs> off. Okay, the other product is made by Liquitex, and it is a ceramic stucco, it's called, and it's a, it's applied the same way. It's also water-based, and uh, that works in the same manner that the corrosion texture does. And Well, I'm going to do a feature on them at some point on all three different kinds of products and how they can work together. Uh, there's probably several other ways you can do it, but it gives it a granular texture on the outside, and then you can color that texture, and it works out really nice. Um, but anyways, I did that with these with these channel markers. That's what I'm working on now. I'm about wrapped up, except I have some seagulls that I got from the show uh, that I bought from uh, Best Cast B E S T Best Castings, and uh, they have a pack of seagulls. I bought a bunch of packs, and they have um, uh, they're very hard to find too. By the way, not many people make seagulls. <laughs> I'm gonna put them on top of the uh, channel markers, put some bird droppings on, and I should be about done. I'm literally going to put bird droppings on this cha channel marker. and uh, But that's what I'm working on now. As far as upcoming things, oh, man. Um, I think my next project is going to be I'm painting some anchors and bollards for the for the, uh, um, the harbor. And then I also have a boat from Model Works that I bought. It's a sardine carrier uh f fishing type vessel that i bought uh from uh seaport model works uh and uh that you know like i said they're they're good people there uh they have some amazing models and uh i'm really looking forward to getting digging into that because i want to want to try and get some of these models done for the harbor so we can wrap up uh, a lot of the detail part on that and get it done and we can move on to our city uh brett what do you got going on uh, right now, I've been working on um, actually a couple things to, to sell, believe it or not. Uh, I have been working on the harbor, applying a bunch of layers of Mod Podge, which takes, you know, an asininely long time. It's just, it seems like you're just painting the same thing over and over again. But um, we're building up layers and layers of, of Mod Podge, and I'm pretty sure that it's slowly, you know, just... Um, I'm growing a brain tumor because it's just me doing the same thing over and over again. But uh, it's starting to look good. The water's starting to look good in the in the in the the harbor for Blackwater Cove. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm also recovering from a six month sinus infection, so if you hear me coughing and sniffling. It's because I've been since I don't know since January last year. I've been coughing up phlegm. So excuse me on that. And. Uh, so there's the harbor. We've been focusing a lot of time on the harbor. I've also been trying to get a bunch of scratch built stuff done, which includes, like I had said just a minute ago, a DPM building that I, it's not only scratch built, but I kind of uh, hacked it and changed it up a little bit. So it's a customized DPM building with some extra things added on that you don't normally see on, you know, the, the plastic kits that uh, look pretty much the same over and over again. So we're, the idea is we're trying to, not only do our layout and focus on some products for you guys, but occasionally we might pump out a couple 
you know, customized kits that we might throw up on our website for sale. This is going to be one of them. And I'm also working on another completely scratch built kit that I used, um, basically all just clapboard siding for, and a little bit of board and batten. It's called, uh, I named it Olga's fine grocery. And it's just a monstrous scratch built crazy building. It's, it's got all these different roof lines and gables and stuff on it. And the building itself is done. Uh, it's not weathered. I'm wait. I'm, I'm putting the roof on. I've put the roof on now six times. So, you know, if you've ever built a scratch built building, you might know my struggle. I've made the roof completely, completely overcomplicated. And every time I put it's the roof beast. on, I'm not, it's a beast of a roof, man. <laughs> I'm just not happy with it every time I do it. So, uh, I'm on like iteration number six of roofs and eventually I'll get there. I'll be happy with it. And, um, who knows? Maybe I'll become so attached to it that I won't want to sell it. But the idea is to, to sell these two kits. So I have been focusing on the harbor part of our layout a lot. But I've also been trying to, you know, make a couple kits to sell. That way we can come up with a little bit more scratch to continue buying stuff for our layout. Um, but other than that, I've been kind of just working on those two things in the harbor. And I have a couple other kits in the runnings. I have a, uh, I have a kit that I got at the Fine Scale Modelers Expo this past weekend. And I got it from the Seaport Model Works. And we'll talk a little bit more about it later when we talk about the Expo. But it's a, a set of two barges, small barges, that um, will go in the harbor, which is like our main focus of the layout right now. But uh, it's a pretty cool little kit, two kits. And they can be pretty customized. So I'm excited to see how they turn out. But other than that, my time has been focused on this little scratch built kit that I'm trying to sell the Olga's fine grocery. So that'll be up on our site a little bit later on hoscalecustoms.com when I'm happy with it. But for the time being, that's been eating up most of my, my working hours. So yeah, I mean, we can train, we, we can just start talking about the expo now because yeah. Both of us had talked about uh, things that we liked at the expo and yeah. not the expo. So that's, that's let's, great. Um, we keyed right into that, talk. didn't we? Wow. Yeah. So what a, if you don't know what that was, um, that was a transition. So ah. We're going to be really, we're really good at this here. Wow, uh, that was our transition. That was that was great. I had no, <laughs> I had no clue about podcasts. It's all brand new. We, so we segued, we segued perfectly. I'm telling you what the the, the expo. Uh, the Fine Scale Model Railroad uh, Expo uh, 2017 is held now two to this year. Uh, I saw it. For, it's the first time I've ever been there. Um, it's for us, literally, for me, it's two hours and three minutes from my house. So, because I live in central Pennsylvania. And uh, so it was very easy. So how ideal that my, for my first one, uh, for our first one, it was right there, uh, you know, two hours away. And, you know, we, we made reservations for it and went to it in um, January. <laughs> uh, January 1, to be honest, uh, I put, I registered for it at that point. So I look forward to it all year. To me, it was like. Uh, I did. I, I procrastinated pretty bad. <laughs> you did. You did. But, uh, you know, you got there and you got to see it. And, and uh, it was it was just a really, really cool um, <clears throat> thing for me. I've been to train shows in the past. Um, <clears throat> no, I'm not going to sit here and knock train shows. 
But I, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm lying. I'm going to probably knock a train show. <laughs> but <laughs> I went to, uh, and by the way, I've coughed a little Just bit. Just do it. We're there. You're already yeah. at that. Yeah, I'm Everyone, I committed. Now everyone's intrigued. I've committed. But uh, by the way, if I cough, it's not because of, of a head cold or a sinus infection for six months. Uh, if I'm coughing, it's because I'm drinking this crappy Coors Light that's all that's left in my refrigerator right now. Um, <laughs> and I guess tomorrow I've got to go out and get something better. But um Anyways, went to the expo, and I'm telling you, like I said, I've been to train shows, went to Greenberg's great train show, and, uh, you know, hey, look, if, if Lionel trains are your thing, and uh, you're all about, you know, talking about, hey, model XG43 boxcar uh, didn't come in green, you know, you only paid them things in brown, uh, and it's, it's serial number 2496, and it had handlebars on the, I don't know, uh, on, on the on the brake lever. I don't I don't they know only, these things. So They only made 16 models of the X yeah. B4289. Right. And that's great. Not, you know, that's, just, and I'm not knocking that niche. For me, that's just not it. I'm not, I'm not that trainee guy. I love my trains. For our layout, we love our trains. But to go, uh, and they're functional, fully functional. You know, you and know, they run good. They run good. They, they run, run smooth. smooth. Uh, they do what they have to do. <laughs> if we want to put a long train on, we can do that. You know, uh, We can put a lot of cars on. We can put a few cars on. We really don't focus on that. Uh, the cars and trains will work just fine. Uh, but for us, it's it's what draws attention to the to the layout for us would be the details and such. That's why we're doing a podcast. So anyways, we, we made arrangements to go to this. And like I said, I'm not trying to knock Green, uh, Greenberg's Great Train Show uh, or, you know, in any it's way. Just not, it's not our thing. It's just not, it's not, our, it's just not our cup it's of not tea. Our we, we're, right. more, we're more into the art of it I, I'm than amazed. the running of the trains. Right. I'm, I'm absolutely amazed and impressed with the knowledge that some of those people have when they, when you, when you go to one of those shows. Um, but there's nothing there for me. I can't go to that show and say, Oh, you know what? I'd really like to get this kind of detail part. Or I really want to get a nice kit that has, you know, that's a craftsman quality kit. There may be like two people at that whole show that'll have, you know, craftsman kits for sale. And they're, you know, they're, they're not really, a dealer or a vendor like like the manufacturer, not your manufacturer vendors. At this show, your top manufacturers are here. I mean, <laughs> at this expo, you have them. You know, all your all your major players that make structures and you got or to, details. And you got, and you got to talk to the people, right. not just the a guy reselling it. You got to talk to exactly the guy that's designing the kits and why they do it that way and and why they want to make sure people know everything about their kits because right, it's, the, the difference is I find that I found that the, the, the people in the community at the fine scale expos were all about helping you and trying to make you learn kind of like mm-hmm. what we're going to end up trying to do with our blog and our podcast because no one does any better when you don't, when you don't try to share everything so that everyone at the fine scale model or expo was like super with trying to just share everything they knew. Oh man, it was it. Was, you know what I found amazing is they took a couple of a couple of the vendors that I talked to, and these are I'm talking about the vendors that, that they're the the manufacturer vendors, and they're not dealers like you said. You know, you know, some of these other shows, you're dealing with a dealer that just buys everybody's stuff and then resells it. These guys, like you said, they're trying to help you, but not only were they doing that, they I talked to a couple that said, okay, hey, this is my kit, but. You know what would look really great with it? 
that guy's kit. You put this with that. This product that he has over there would go great with this with my kit. Okay, this this kit's great, but this guy over there has something you could add on to it and make it better. And and that's that's amazing what they did. They were able to help you with any if you had tips or tricks or ideas that they the questions on that they did and maybe one of their you know all of them had oh, how about it they all had like display models of you know they're perfectly done the same exact ones by the way that you see on their website they had them there to be to view and you could see the quality of craftsmanship that they put together with it and if you wanted to know how they did it all i had to do is ask say hey how did you get that to look like that boom 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 they tell you exactly the steps that they went through yeah, to do the, it the- the tutorial, the little mini tutorial that we got from uh, the bar, I forget the, which guy from Bar Mills it was, but about yeah. the roofing, about the roofing yeah. and how he painted his metal roofs. That blew my mind. It was, he, he spent a half an hour telling us how he painted his metal roofs with, with kills yeah. from the hardware store and aluminum foil tape. It was, it was just things, things you see that you would never think of. And they've been doing that now for 30, 40 years. And they want you to know that they want you to know how, they make it look like it does in the picture because if 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 you know how to do that, it helps them and it helps everyone else. So it was just amazing. I was I was blown away with the amount of detail that some of those guys went into. Oh yeah, I mean, and, and the and the amount of selflessness they had when they were talking about other manufacturers. You know, they would gladly refer to you. Bar Mills was gladly able to talk about the next vendor and the next vendor, and you know, Doug Foscale and and the Seaport Model Works and those guys. They all they all talked about each other greatly because they all know that that's how they survive is helping each other out. Okay. So well, it was an awesome time. Hold up, hold up on Doug Foothscale. I've been calling him that too. And I found out, oh, like, I got a video. I with his that. Name wrong. Well, I've been saying it like that for a year. Okay. So, but it's, it's not, I got his, I got this video for FOS scale models. And oh. it, it actually came in my, in my bag of goodies when I first came to the show and they had a video on there. One of his videos so or their how we videos. It's first, how should we pronounce it? It's first galley. It's first galley. Yes. Oh my gosh. And I've been Doug, saying it wrong. Doug, we're sorry. What's really bad is I actually said it to him when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I think Doug, he, we're sorry. He probably hears that all the time. Anyhow, um, he pronounced it, right. he pronounced it that in the video that he gave on the tutorial video I got in, a, in my goodie bag. Um, <laughs> on, I think we just all, I think everyone, I think we just all assumed scale because yeah. of yeah. The, the hobby and everything's scale. Well, so and it works, Doug, and it works Doug perfect. we apologize. It actually works perfect for, for his business. Anyhow, um, but yeah, they, they, they were all there to help. And, and the vendors were just, a, you know, like a, so some amazing stuff that I saw there. Um, the, uh, the clinics, I took clinics on, I spent most of my day on Friday doing clinics. Say on Thursday, they had, I didn't go Thursday, but Thursday, Brett, they had um, uh, clinics on, uh, they were called platinum clinics. And those clinics, you would go, you paid like 60 bucks extra per clinic if you wanted to take like one particular clinic. Um, or you could buy the some kind of special pass. It, it gave you everything in the show for one big price. I mean, it, it was, it's not, it, it sounds expensive. Can't remember what it was, a couple hundred bucks I, you know, to get this for, for, to get the whole package, the best package deal. But you get these hands-on clinics. These here, you're actually building on Thursday. They were actually building a, a kit. 
You know, they would get the kit with their clinic and they would work on the kit and start working on it together and they would get it started. And I guess they take it home and they could finish it up. Um, I didn't take any of this. I wasn't there on Thursday, but Friday I got there and I took the, I took the clinics, um, that were available, the uh, standard clinics, um, on Friday, I did one for building resin vehicles, uh, by a guy named Dan Raymond. And he talked about building the actual, you know, the kits like the Jordans and the Sylvans and stuff like that. Um, and, and he tells you how to, how to paint them and detail them and model them. And he, he was amazing. He was it just all kinds of great ideas on how he did it. And he had, he had actually a slide presentation there. I bet there were probably, I'm guessing, 75 people, 80 people in the room. And it was the first clinic in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, it was impressive. And, and from wherever you sat in the room, you could see anything. Um, the, the, he passed around uh, different different uh, parts and things that he would use, uh, different types of product that he used to paint with. Uh, he, he, the, guy, the guy did a good job on it. Um, his 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 resin vehicles are awesome. I mean, you know the standard resin vehicles that are all one piece. He he really focused on those. He did a couple REA freight type trucks, three different types of freight trucks, um, and he he really uh, they looked awesome. And then the next guy was um, that I went to see was um, so we're Friday's clinics was uh, on rust techniques, which is one of my favorite things. And one of your favorite things, Brett, you're, you really, yeah. you really love doing rust and you're good at it. Um, you're uh, Bob Mitchell and a uh, big tall guy, uh, not like b- overly big, but he's just a real tall guy, no hair. He's uh, it, it was, uh, he was, he was amazing. He's a well-spoken character uh, with a great vocabulary. Just, you could just tell this is, this guy's not only a good speaker and teacher on his modeling uh, details and such, um, but he, but he's educated. You could just tell by his, by he's a very well-spoken person. And, um, is he he passed around endless amounts of his his work finished work or small pieces that would explain his work and uh <coughs> what's amazing with his rust details was it's in z scale brett and uh yeah, like i said uh it was just it was just completely awesome the the detail that he that he had with a z-scale model and uh you know because it's so tiny and i looked at it i'm like oh my gosh he had a whole house structure sat square in the middle of my palm and it was the size of i don't know um a a matchbox i mean it was just so tiny in z-scale and this guy now everything he taught you could be molly scale and he did he did weathering techniques with rust that were made from toothpaste all kinds of different things <laughs> this guy used all kinds of different products uh different uh, you know different um mediums that he used to to get his results and that was a good one and then later of course i did uh the, the scenery technique uh with uh joey ricard who does um uh he's yeah he's just he's just awesome he does a lot of o scale stuff and, uh, yeah, his, his, uh, he does, he has a company, uh, trackside scenery and, um, his, his stuff is, his scenery is just 
un, unheard of. I mean, just, and he does it from natural products that he can find around your house or out outside. And, and, uh, his, so it's all, it's all affordable. It's all, oh, easy, yeah. it's all easily obtained. Oh, you can tell this guy's all about that. He's trying to make his, his, he, he models like the foothills of West Virginia, you know, and, but it, it could apply anywhere. And he, he, he's done other modeling of, you know, desert stuff and things like that. But that's his, that's his, you could tell that's his, his key feature thing. He likes the trees and, and stuff, uh, the woods and, and the, you know, the mountains of uh, the right. mountain scenery. Uh, but, but it's all, know. but it's all done with things that you can, you can get around the house. It's not uh, like you have to go out and buy, you don't have yeah. to buy hundreds of dollars worth of materials. No. To get- and I noticed that about most of these guys, Brett, they, you know, and we need to look at that on our own layout is instead of buying like already made product that's for dirt, use real dirt. Just use dirt. You know? Yeah, because that's what every one of these guys who I was talking to said. They use dirt. They use real dirt. Well, it looks more use... like dirt than dirt. That's right. You know, just like when you're building a wood structure, you know, you want to use wood. You don't want to use plastic to make it look like wood. You use wood. You know, and uh, but this guy uses all all natural products, and he comes up with countless ways to make it. You know, a, a, like you said, affordable. But you know, not only that easy things that are around your house they can use to build with and you know and obviously like anybody else they he has to you know use products and stuff that are that are made for modelers but that's not his focus and he was good he was really good he's a, he's a good he's another good speaker all these guys were good speakers there wasn't a bad clinic that i went to and while i'm doing one clinic in another class in another conference room they have a whole another set of clinics going on and so they were running two you had your choice so you're not going to get to catch all of them um but then after joey's uh scenery one i did uh weathering um with the right materials with doug uh foscali and um he had talked about a lot of the ak products that I've been using lately and, and a lot. And for those of you who don't know, AK interactive makes <coughs> these products and I'm going to get into that in a couple minutes here, but, um, they're, they're generally originally designed for military modeling. And, uh, they've come up, you know, they've come up with all these different, uh, ways to recreate, um, things like dust and, uh, water and, uh, mud and dirt and, and, you know, onto your models in thin layers to make it look like it's an actual photo. I mean, these types of things, rusts and, um, you know, moss and decay and all kinds of stuff. Um, so they're good at this. And this is, he talked about using these and how he uses them in, uh, weathering, um, um, his structures and, and, uh, and details. It's not just structures, but his, but his actual, you know, uh, smaller details and it, scenery, <coughs> and um, like I said, it's, it was it was of course, you know, from one of the top top guys in the business. He's he he knows how he knows what he's doing, and he he's very good at explaining it. Like all of these guys are at this at this show. Um, yeah, the, they were they were awesome. After that, I kind of went and saw the. Um, before you came up, by the way, you came up the next day on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday <laughs> so morning. I took my wife, your mom, and we went and we went and saw the uh, the Horseshoe Curve, and uh, uh, it was a curve. 
It was a curve attack, and that's what <laughs> it's it was. Some trains and trains that went around in a circle. I mean, you know what? It's, some... it's an engineering marvel. I'm not going to deny that. It's an engineering marvel. <laughs> I got out. It was misty and uh, misty rain and just drizzle and cold. It was just damp and horrible. And um, well, the video you posted was uh, you caught the end of the train. Yeah, I was lucky enough to so... get out. There was a train coming, and I was like, oh, oh, shoot! I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Film this. So I never remember my camera when I do well, anything I do. Anywhere I go, I always forget. Oh, I got a video. I was that. even I was surprised you posted a video on Facebook <laughs> ever. Have you, you ever seen done. me do that before? No. That's that was the first. Not so, even my grandchildren. <laughs> not even your grandchildren. You don't have any videos. And that was I know, the first I video ever. I always forget because I'm always having so much fun with my ki- grandkids. <laughs> and then uh, and then I'm like, yeah, what? Why should I share that with anybody else? I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this. I'm going to take time out and stand there and look at my grandkids play when I could be playing with them. Okay, but anyways, beyond that, I'm like, oh, the first time in my life I probably ever pulled my camera out. And go, I can film this. So I'm filming. I'm surprised this. you even got your 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 video open in, in time. Oh man, I filmed the whole train as it went around, and I got it from one side, and then you could see all the way around the curve to the other side, of the end of the train, and uh, it was cool. That that was kind of cool, and it is a really like I said, an engineering marvel to how they built that horseshoe curve in those mountains inside, you know, in the in and around the many mountains that are there, so they could fit it in like it was like dropped in. It was awesome, um, and and you know how they how they did it was another miracle. Um, well, in a ma- you know what would you call that uh, a miracle? But but you know. A marvel. Yeah, an engineering marvel. I, I got it right the first time. So we were going <laughs> to go up the thing, and uh, they wanted uh, eight bucks a person to go up 100 foot up, up to the track. And you could either take this little incline up to the top, <laughs> or you could walk up a, a whole mess of stairs in the drizzle in the rain. And I was like, I ain't paying $16 to walk up 100 foot up to stand at the track level and look at the same damn train that I'm watching go around the track. So I, uh, I, I was happy enough that I was able to catch a train there. I said, okay, Lisa, let's jump in the car. Let's get the heck out of here. And <laughs> <laughs> let's go get some dinner. So, uh, of course, we went Go get some Bermini Brothers. Oh, man, Bermini Brothers. And it was amazing. Uh, Bermini Brothers was Good food. By the way, at the show, they had food that they served at the convention at the uh, Altina Convention Center there. And uh, the food was done by catering service. It was awesome. It was great priced. All their food had, uh, you know, the top price stuff was like six, seven dollars. And it was a good meal. Uh, Good. Well, that's what we did at lunchtime. And, um, you know, they didn't overprice you at at the show. In fact, what I found amazing was, and one thing it was overpriced, was a hot dog for four dollars and fifty cents, and uh, everything else you could get the hot dog for four fifty, or you could pay five dollars and get a pork barbecue sandwich with with the with the trimmings. It's a real hard choice there. Yeah, you know, so for fifty cents more. But anyhow, um, so yeah, I, I love that first part of the day. To me, it felt like I was at Disneyland. It was like it was like being at Disney for an adult, because here I am. And I'm with all of the best of the best at this show. And um, now on the Saturday, you came up. We stayed there at the hotel. The hotel was connected to the uh, to the convention center, so I didn't even have to go outside. Um, that was awesome. Some of the vendors that were there, by the way, uh, I'll just kind of go roll through a list real quick. Um, 
but um, I have you had Bar Mills, you had Carolina Craftsman, Nick and Noor Designs. All all three of those are great structure uh, companies that make great uh, Craftsman kits. Um, we talked at length, uh, Brett and I talked at length with, uh, Casey's, uh, workshop and, uh, talked to those people at Casey's. Um, we're going to try and get some of these people that we talked to yesterday. I mean, last week, um, we're going to try and get them on our podcast. Uh, many of them agreed to, uh, to doing a, an interview and we're going to, we're going to definitely fit them in. Um, and we'll get in contact with them. We need to get our feet wet. This is all brand new to us, and so far we're sucking it up. It took us. Know? It took us a good hour <laughs> to even get our microphones in sync. So. Oh my God! Yes. Uh, heck, I, it took me what fifteen minutes of retakes just to do the oh, it was opening. A, it was a so, circus. Then, uh, of course, we talked to Doug from FOS Scale Models. Um, I bought from him a Metzger's the Metzger building that I've been looking at for like a year. And I'm looking forward to, to building that here soon. And uh, it's up on your uh, giant stack of stuff to do. It is. It's on my giant stack of stuff to do. And uh, it's, but that one there is something I want to get to soon. And uh, it, it is a cool looking building. Um, and it was, it was, that was my big purchase, of course. I bought a lot of little small scale stuff or small detail part stuff. But um, I talked to Doug and his, his displays there, all the stuff you see on his website, he has the actual display of that model with the same vehicles on it you see on the photos, and he had them out there on full display. It was like a whole different showroom of its own beside the contest, besides the contest showroom, which, by the way, was just insane. And, um, you know... You, you know, you, Brett, you saw his model displays, and you're standing yeah, there staring like, at him. It was like you were uh, on his website looking yeah. at the same things you just bought. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, I, 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 you just had to stand there at all at some of the models that he was, that he had. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, you know, some of the limited run kits and stuff that he had already built out that you see online. Mm-hmm. It just, you see him in the pictures and you see him on his Instagram page and you see him on Facebook. But then when you're standing there in person, you could spend an hour just looking at a tiny little corner of some of those big, big ones that he has built out because of the detail that goes into them. Oh, it's like being in a just, museum. It was just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Bar Mills had the same kind of thing. They, they had, they had theirs out as well. And, uh, yeah. you know, it was just, uh, I was sitting at Seaport. See uh, that guy, by the way, let's go to him. That Seaport Model Works guy, that uh, Bruce Nickerson, man, he's he's awesome. He and he'll talk to you about anything you want to know about any of his models. Oh yeah. The the great thing I thought about his whole setup and his whole his whole deal is, yeah, we had a couple questions about a couple boats that he had on display and and things for sale, and he had every single thing you could ever want to know about that boat. Yeah, like he, he knows everything. He he knows everything about that model, down to the tiniest detail, because they build those off of original photos. And he was telling us what was the one boat he had? It was a police boat or something. Yeah, I, I old, can't remember. A Coast Guard type that, boat. We're we're not going to do it justice because yeah yeah I'm not I'm not a boat dude. And, and we're talking about I, so I, much I can't remember it. I'm not a yeah exactly and I, and I'm not a boat fanatic so I'm not. I apologize. I don't know the technical term but it was a big long boat that <laughs> was painted like a police boat and yeah. 
And he had the original photos that he had received from someone he knew from an acquaintance of his. Yeah. And uh, when you look at the picture and you look at the model, it was, it was, it was amazing the amount of detail that went into the models that he does. It was, yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. So, you know, and everything he had, he was telling us that everything he does is, is, is based off of actual photos and actual measurements because he's not only selling to the model railroading community, he's selling to the model boat community and, and people who are just into boats, not necessarily just model railroading. So he's, he's kind of serving two niche markets there. And I think, the model boat community is probably a little more picky. So he needs to, he was telling us that he needs to walk a finer line when it comes to adding detail to, or making these kits. Yeah. It's so, like, it's, it's like if you do an just, engine and if you, know, you may have a train engine and you know, you, you, you're not going to just put a train engine out there to train people and they're going to chew you to, they're going to chew you to pieces and spit you out because you got something wrong on it. He's, he's facing the same thing. Uh, he's, he's, and, and from two from two sides because it's not just trains. He's also dealing with a the like a boat model hobbyist. Yeah. yeah. So a, a lot of the people he was telling us a lot of the people that buy his models are are also people that build and assemble or just collect right models of boats. So it was pretty. He was he was awesome though. He he had a little harbor layout that he made and it was explaining to us mm. and kind of gave us some ideas for our harbor with the Mod Podge. Um, he was telling us about how. We were. I, I think you told him about how I was having some issues with bubbles that were arising right. in our Mod Podge when it dried, and he was basically telling us like, yeah, don't don't worry about them because when you when you go over it with your highlights and your different color paints, and then you hit it with a fan brush, like you're never gonna see all those little bubbles. So don't don't get stuck on those bubbles. But he was full of tips like that, yeah. where it wasn't just him trying to tell us about his boats. It was all about, you know. How to, he was basically giving us all his information and his knowledge on how to build a good water scene. Yeah. So he was just, he was awesome. And, and even when we were there, uh, I got hooked on a kit that I purchased from him eventually. Uh, it was a uh, Oyster Skiff and Mini Barge uh, HO scale kit number CR7 from him. And it was two barges that really you could turn into whatever you want, but they're, they're, the one is an oyster skiff and the other one's a miniature barge that are kind of a blank slate. So, uh, he, and, and you bought a kit from him. What was the kit you got from him again? Uh, I got the, uh, sardine carrier oyster boat, uh, oyster by boat, oyster by boat. That is model number. I have it up here on the shelf. Give me a second. Oh, of course, these damn earbuds, I can't reach it. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. You're gonna rip your, they're going to rip right out of your ears. Yeah, they did. Hold on. Oh, oh my God. The earbuds. Okay, I put the earbuds back in. It is item number H115, uh, and that is a sardine carrier oyster by boat. Was the other boat we got? It's a 63 was- scale foot length. Okay, so that's, so that's a good be, size boat. Yeah, that'll take up a pretty good section of our harbor. But but yeah. he was awesome. I mean he he um he wasn't just concerned about you know getting us getting kits in our hands. He right. also wanted to make sure you know hey when you're done send me pictures of them and send me right 
he he wants to see how all of his kits turn out. He's very interested in making sure people enjoy his kits. I and, I heard and, the same thing from other vendors as well, saying the same thing about sending like they, sending your pro, your finished product. Show, show them the photos. These guys want to see what you can do with their product. They love that. They they love seeing, and they love seeing. It seems like they love seeing how. You know, they put a they put out a kit that's, for instance, uh, the Seaport Model Works guy, uh, Bruce. Yeah. We bought two kits from him. And I bought the Oysters gift. So Bruce seemed excited at the fact that I don't necessarily want to build what's pictured, and a lot of those guys seem excited about. You know, they don't want to see you build. I mean, they want to see you build their kits, but they don't want to see you necessarily always build the kit that's pictured and the and the name of the build building that they made and same paint scheme yeah yeah they don't want to make they don't they i i feel like and just from our instagram page and things we posted on our site it seems like the the manufacturers of these kits get excited when you also take what they built and you turn it into your own thing Mm -hmm. and you don't you don't copy it exactly and you make it into your own unique building right off of their off of their kit but it's now it's something completely different and I, I, you know, you just from talking to a lot of those vendors this weekend, you notice that yeah. they eat, they eat that up just as much as people enjoying their kits. Yeah, they want to see you're innovative and that you're willing to, you know, you want to step outside that box and and try and do something unique with it. And it, it, nurses- it also makes me it also makes me wonder sometimes when they don't put things in kits. Some of these manufacturers, good and bad. You know, all manufacturers, I think we bought enough kits to have some experiences with all of them where they leave something out of the instructions or they leave a thing out and they it kind of forces you to innovate. And yeah, and I don't know if it's done intentionally. It'd be interesting to talk to some of these vendors to see if it is intentional. But but it does force you to be innovative and and it ends up making a better kit, I think, when you're done with it. Well, let's, let's move let's on. Switch into, uh, let's go to the toolbox. Um, well, let's talk about a tool you like to use, Brett. What a tool on your tool bench that really right. is a big help for you, and why? Well, I'm, I'm holding it right now. What's that? And uh, I've been playing with it and fiddling around with it. And you probably can't. Well, right now, we're we're on a video conference too, so people listening to the podcast don't realize we can see each other. We're not sitting in the same room. And uh, hopefully it doesn't look like I've been doing something obscene with it, but I've been playing around with this awl. I've been using an awl a lot lately. And um, I think you have a tool that replaces the function of the awl, but with a lot of my scratch-built buildings, especially with board and batten and clapboard siding, you need to put nail holes in the wall or else it looks pretty stupid and pretty lame without nail holes. So... You have a tool. What's it called? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's made by the a, nail tool. Yeah, it puts little nail holes in. <laughs> the, the nail hole call tool. It, nail hole tool. I can't. They have a special name for the damn thing. I we're just gonna call it the nail hole. Yeah. Tool. I, so the well, nail I hole. Talking, tool, I might come up with the idea, the, the name of it, but the spinning nail hole tool, uh, formerly known as something else. Uh, I don't have that, so I use an awl from my basement and I give myself carpal tunnel uh, every time I do a kit because I, I sit there and I individually punch every single nail hole in the wall, nail hole by nail hole in uh, individually 
rather than just running this tool up the side of the, of the wall a couple times. But I think it, I think it ends up giving me a nicer looking row of nail holes than the tool because the ability of me to give a deeper puncture into the wood than the nail tool, the nail hole tool, whatever, whatever the hell it's called, then, then that would give. So when the, when the wood's unpainted and unweathered, I can punch a deeper hole in. So when I do paint it and I weather it, the hole doesn't get filled in with paint. And when I put, put a wash over it and I put some dust or weathering agents over it, it, it looks more defined. Yeah. So that's my, that's my tool that I use. This, I've been using a lot this week. And uh, my, my hand is in a permanent cramped position because I've been punching 6,000 nail holes all week. I'm gonna pu- so what about, what about you? Well, I was trying to look up where the nail hole tool was uh, while you were on the phone because I, 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 I tried to find were, one. Uh... No, I tried to find one of those things, and um, it was... Uh, when I first started into modeling and I saw somebody using one of them, I uh, I said oh, I got to get one of those, and I knew the name of it. And next time we have the podcast, I'll I'll, I'll definitely know the name of it. I have to look it up. Um, now that I have one, I never look it up. I'll be honest with you; I don't even use the damn thing a whole lot as much as I used oh, to. Oh, here it is. Here it is. At least uh, it, on the Doctor Ben's website, I just got on the Doctor Ben's website. Uh, the it's called the Fine Scale Nail Hole Tool. Dr. Ben's Scale cons- Consortium. No, nah, man, that's not it, though. That's not, that's not what it's called, though. Uh, on, on, Microscale has it uh, on their, on their uh, micro mark. I the mean, pa- oh, the pounce wheel. Pounce wheel, that's it. It's a it. pounce wheel. Okay. Well, who the hell means it a pounce wheel? <laughs> what the hell? What's a pounce wheel? Well, I think it was used in material of some kind. Uh, okay, but, okay, but that, it, that, originally. But here's the thing. I don't like using it because sometimes it puts too many nail holes in to each plank. And so I, a lot of times lately, I've been using the awl, like you were talking about, or using the, uh, uh, get this, a dentist, uh, these dentist picks. Like oh, pick so when you're done with, with it, you can clean your teeth. Yeah, yeah, they're little dentist picks. I picked them up at one, at some, at some craft show that had tools, uh, they they had small you know small skills tools and stuff, and they had dentist picks and I love them they're sharp you know put them in something where you're not gonna poke your finger on them every time <laughs> when you work bench. you make sure you wear your safety glasses but yeah yeah definitely hey <laughs> you know I've had to wear the safety glasses a few times but um the uh, yeah I don't use the pounce wheel as much as as you know as I used to uh, some things I do depending on how how narrow the clapboard is. Um, some, sometimes lately I haven't put on any, I haven't been using any nail holes. Um, just simply because, you know, I wonder how many buildings have to have the nail holes showing at all. You know, I, I don't know, but, um, and do you really see them in real life? Would you really see them to this at scale? That's like one of those controversial questions, but tool that I use, and I'm going to go very simple today. I'm going to go simpler than I thought I would go with. The thing I use the most is a toothpick. I use a toothpick, and I use a toothpick for glue, for paint, for putting little tiny dots on stuff. Um, definitely for, for gluing stuff. I mean, it's it's just a I, – I, I 
I become a toothpick master at uh, applying stuff with a toothpick. And you can And the toothpick the toothpick goes with the uh post-it note, Man, right? Oh my god, so the post-it notes. Post- oh yeah, you put the glue on the post-it note, you're done with it. If it dries up and it's no good anymore, just rip it off, throw it in the trash, new post-it note, new glue, get a toothpick, get a town, it's a toothpick. It, it, you know, and you know, not just not just painting or gluing. Um, not not so much that I don't use paintbrushes, but sometimes you need to get paint in a light, tiny little crevice area, and you really you know where you want to dot something, and you want to make sure it's a it's a defined dot rather than a brush that you you know if you push too hard on it you'll spread it out and you'll you'll make that just a you know I uh, I like using a toothpick for a lot of different things. Um, you can also use it for scratching paint off to sh- for, in weathering. Um, you know, showing, you know, it's, it's good. Uh, it's another product I'll talk about later, but, uh, worn effects, uh, or heavy chipping, um, where you're scratching off and you're trying to make chip paint. Um, toothpicks are great for that. And when you're done with it, it's one less damn thing. I don't have to clean, throw it in the trash can. Boom. Done. I get like 250 of them for 61 cents at the grocery store. And, uh, you know, they last you. Yeah, the last year, a couple months, and next time you're at the grocery store, you break down, you spend sixty one cents, and you get another box of them. Okay, yeah, there's they're just very versatile. So that was my easy easy tool this time. I'll come up with one uh, better next time. But but let's skip on the from tools to. Uh, so, I'm oh, sorry. So I was gonna say I was gonna I was gonna jump into it. Yeah, go. So. uh the next, uh, the next thing we were going to talk about is the all in the details part, all in the details segment, mm-hmm. where we uh, will focus on a small detail that we're putting on our layout or putting on one of our kits right now. That you know that might make a big difference, even though it's tiny, uh, and the scope of it might not feel big, but when it's on the kit, it just makes it complete. Or when it's on your layout, it makes it complete. Right, and. Uh, the thing that I'm going to focus on for this week and all in the details is uh, a little wooden Indian I got from uh, Rusty Stumps, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put it out. I didn't paint it yet. It's a little resin Indian, like a like a hand-carved wooden Indian you'd see outside of a cigar shop. And that's exactly what I'm going to put it out in front of. I have a cigar shop that's from the Bar Mills um, Potter's Pub Kit which came with three buildings in one. It was Potter's Pub, uh, like an antique shop or some kind of, some, I don't know, some crazy-ass shop, and a cigar shop on the end. And it's three buildings in one. And it's a heck of a kit, but the sidewalk scenery is missing from the details of it. So it's another thing like we were talking about earlier where if a manufacturer would throw something like that into it, a little extra other than just a chimney uh, you know, a cast chimney and a cast light, a light fixture that hangs on the side of the building. I, I, I thought that the kit was missing some outside the bar or on the sidewalk features. Mm-hmm. So the, the wooden Indian is my all in the details piece of the week. Cool. Cool. And I'll put some pictures on our Instagram when I have it painted uh, sometime when I find some free time, I'll paint the thing. Yeah, I'll tell you what. There, it's a cool looking thing. I I saw it on their website when when you first got it. Um, it 
It and, looks like something that would be out front of a trading, like an old trading post, like it's yeah. a wooden, like a wooden Indian. So, it's definitely got uniqueness to it, you know. Yeah, it's something I haven't seen model wise either in front of on photos and things. But um, I am going to uh, talk about the new thing I want to do is manhole covers. So I bought these manhole covers from Crow River Products. Uh, they weren't expensive. Some of the manhole covers, there's not many companies that have them. There may be like four or five companies that I that I that I'm aware of that makes a decent manhole cover or makes manhole covers for sale. Um, and and they all. They seem a little pricey to me, and I'm going to get on a little bit of a bitch here on this because the because I I I want to do nice roads and sidewalks on our city streets, but for these little tiny, they're discs for God's sake, they're disc. It's a disc with a pattern put on top. I mean, like uh, you know, rigid, like I don't know what the heck pattern it is that they put on top of it. Yeah, some of them say sewer, some of them say sewer on it, and whatever. They're 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 itty bitty little tiny discs, and they want like five bucks and ten bucks for. They want like ten bucks, and you get like six, you know, six five or six freaking manhole covers, or or maybe ten. Okay, but you know, if you have a lot of streets that you're running. And a lot of sidewalks, you're talking about a lot of manhole covers. There's some nice ones out there. I know that uh, FOS scale models makes a uh, 12-pack or 10-pack or something, and it comes with... It, what the hell? <laughs> that was me. I bumped myself. Oh, okay. Well, so they 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 have... They have I'm not knocking his because I haven't tried them, but, you know... He has sewer grates that come with his, and I thought about, and I may still go get some of this and try them out. But I found these from Crow River Products, $2.50, and I get six of them. Well, so I break that down, it's five bucks for a dozen. It's a, it's half the price of what you're paying for a lot of these other ones, and they're, they're discs. I even tried to think of a million different ways I could make my own damn manhole covers. And I probably could somehow, I, I but I'm like, and I, and I was going to get to that, but we were at the show, and I saw these hanging there, and I said, you know what? I get, I'm get. i just going to buy these. They're six, six of them for two fifty a piece. And I really think that manhole covers on streets really bring out a uniqueness to your street or realism to your street. There are a lot of modelers that I see on videos and things on YouTube or on Facebook groups and things like that, and I see their streets, and... Um, Oh, we got to do a segment on Facebook groups of Model Railroad Facebook groups because oh. there are some real dandies out there. There's some, there's oh some wackos. God. Okay. But anyhow. Um, <laughs> That'll be another episode. Yeah. We're probably lost. We lost a whole mess of viewers right now or listeners right now. But <laughs> we might have won. We started. But, um, yeah. And there's some amazing ones out there, too. Don't get me wrong. There's some amazing uh, Model Railroad groups out there, but there's some real turds okay and, <laughs> but anyhow I saw you can this. make a water tower out of an old <laughs> paper towel tube and a flashlight oh, yeah I'll, be, I'll tell you but <laughs> and no, no offense okay we they're they love it they're they're into they're into the model railroading that's and we shouldn't be that yeah, way yeah. but yeah agree. but but 
There's better options. Oh, there's oh, some better options, man. We're, we're <laughs> definitely doing a segment, but um, anyways, <laughs> these these manhole covers. I before I saw all these here, I was like, I'm gonna find a way to make my own. And, I, and I'm sure I could have. But now here they are. They're a good price. By the way, I saw them from that BST Castings. <coughs> they have them as well. I really, they look about the same. They all look about the same. So It's a manhole you know, cover. It's the size of a... Right. It's How big is it? It's smaller than your pinky nail. How much yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not even that. It's like I could probably fit four of them on my thumbnail. Okay. <laughs> okay so and, and they're flat. They're flat. They're just flat. I could probably make them out of a piece of wood. Uh, if I, you know, had something to punch a hole. Uh, I'm sure Michael Mark has something along that lines. But it's, it, you know what? I, I, I went with them. I'm really looking forward to them. And that's kind of one of my projects here upcoming. You know, so I'm going to paint some manhole covers. And we'll, when we start laying down our streets, uh, I'm going to definitely be sinking these manhole covers into the streets. Um, I think it's going to draw some nice attention to our, our road work. But um, that's my product there for the, for the week. Um, while we're on products, we have, we're going to each time, and I don't think our following podcasts are going to be quite as long as the damn one we just put together, although I'm having a lot of fun got, with doing this. I am I having a lot hair. of fun. <laughs> I grew mold of my red hair, hair from, from this one. one. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the product I'm going to review, we're going to review a product and talk about a featured product uh, <coughs> that we use and... Uh, you know, try and, you know, I, I'm getting nothing out of promotion for a product other than to help you as a vendor, I mean, as a, as a modeler. And, yeah. and, uh, Brett and yeah. I will be doing this to help modelers. And I don't really care if somebody benefits from this or doesn't benefit from it. And, uh, I could care less if they make a, a dime off of it. But, um, I, while I'm on the subject of Rust earlier and AKA Interactive Products, I'm going to feature this week, um, it's an AK interactive rust set and, um, it comes in four small jars. The jars have, uh, the hell the 3.5 milliliters in them. They're like two ounce jars or a little smaller than two ounce jars. And, um, they have, uh, they're, they're, they're great products, but, uh, the, but what they do is it adds rust and they are all enamel based. Um, it has three different types of rust tones, and they are called rust deposit, crusted rust deposits in light, medium, and dark. Okay, and then it has a, it comes with an enamel wash, white rust wash, and I use them a lot lately um, for doing rusty metal that type of thing. Um, I start dark to light, and you put them on. With a brush, um, using a nice brush, and put them on lightly wherever you want to put them. And they're all diffusible, or you know, you can you know, thin them out with um, mineral oil. Okay, mineral spirits. I use mineral spirits, not mineral oil. Uh, mineral spirits. And uh, I just go to, and, and you can buy mineral spirits from AK Interactive, but uh, you get a little tiny jar, and it costs you eight bucks for this little tiny jar or yeah. And, and the next thing you know, in a month, you have this cloudy jar of goopy <laughs> mineral. It makes they your brush it, dirtier. Yeah. They it makes your brush dirtier minerals, than it was with the way. This mineral spirits 
mineral spirits. You can go to Kmart, Walmart, no Kmart no more, but you go to Walmart and you can buy a big jar, a big plastic jug of it, and it'll cost you six, seven dollars or something like that. And it'll last you, it's the same exact thing, by the way. Um, and you can buy the mineral spirits there for six, seven dollars, and you'll, it'll last you a couple years. I ain't kidding you. Anyways, that's the thinner that you would want to use with this. And you, um, if you put the rust on too heavy, you can thin it out with the mineral spirits and, with a brush. You can make them as light or as dark as you want. And the idea, though, is these are deposits. They're rust deposits. So you push them with the mineral spirits. You thin them out, and you can push them into the grooves and crevices and things where you want them. Um, you can you and at some point maybe I'll do a video of some kind and put it up on our website on how to do it. Um, but uh, yeah, they're they're really really neat to work with. I go dark, medium, and light in that order. I go with a base with a dark, and then in the center of that base I'll put the medium, and in the center of the medium I'll put the the light. And uh, and you got on the light, you go as light as possible because it's very bright orange. And if you go too much on it, it looks gaudy. Okay, but you want to thin it out with the mineral spirits and spread them around where you want. You can remove it all together with the mineral spirits if it turns out to be a garbage heap and it doesn't want to look right for you. You can just totally use mineral spirits and remove it, and it doesn't hurt your model. I notice it doesn't have any after big after effects on wood uh, or even plastics or metal. I'm not seeing it hurting the product itself. It doesn't <coughs> it doesn't take plastic and you know some products do they'll they'll uh, melt the plastics and th- I have not found that to be the case yet. The wash is great as a general purpose wash if you want to take it and put it over top of like some bolts or something that are attached to a uh, a sheet metal a sheet metal or or some kind of a, a rusted engine or something sitting there and you want to just put a wash over it it'll get rust and it'll wash down into the crevices and it's it's a really nice kit i think it's like a 21 dollar kit altogether or 20 dollar kit when you buy it uh online uh ak interactive is a company out of uh somewhere in europe and uh, the stuff, there's only a couple dealers in the United States that sell it. I know FOS Scale Models sells it, um, and I know that um, he has it on his website. I know that you can get it as well uh, from some other places online uh, that will sell it as well. Um, and so, if you're local to the, if you're local to the PA Maryland area, what's the vendor? What's the guy down in York that has uh, it? The guy in York, he doesn't have or this. Hanover. Oh Hanover. yeah, he does have it now. Um, Central PA area. Oh uh, yeah, that's. Um, um, is it? <sighs> is it where I got my ba- my clapboard siding? Yes. And so it's is it White Rose? White yeah, Rose White hobbies. Rose hobbies. Yep, White Rose. Yeah. and that guy's cool. You so know? if you're in the Maryland, if you're in the Maryland and PA area, White Rose Hobbies has a lot of the AK. He yeah. gets you a lot of the AK interactive stuff, and he has a new shop down in york yeah. now and uh i, I think it's I, I think it's gonna be opening soon or it is open but he, he's got a bunch of stuff if you want right. to want to call him yeah white rose hobbies and 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 he's a cool guy but this they have that stuff in sets they have lots of other products like that 
things to put dust on. And like I said, these are made for military modelers. So you want to thin it out a little bit because the military modelers is they build in a bigger scale than the you know than the HO scale. Um, so you definitely want to drag it, uh, drag it out, thin it out a little bit. Otherwise, it might go on a little on the heavy thick side. You have to play around with it. And uh, like I said, it's a really really cool product for rusting. Um, it's in my book, it's the top rusting shit out there that I that I've seen. And there's other products they make for rusting. AK does. Um, I found that you can mix it with the corrosion that I talked about earlier. The corrosion texture, and it's like a paste with corrosion in it and it's all it's it's great for like building up rusty crusty rust and um yeah the likewise likewise with that you got to put in a very very thin coat or it looks like looks like garbage so you have you have to work with it but it is a it is a nice product for modelers i think there's a lot that can be done with the military modeling to what's being done uh in a model rovering i think they can they can work together very well um, with the products that they, they make for it. And it's not just AK. There's MIG, a company called MIG. And uh, there's, uh, you know, Tamara Paints. And there's lots of these mil- these military modeler products out there, not just AK Interactive, that you could, you could definitely do that with. So that's it. That's all I got for you on this show. What do you got for us, bro? All right. Well... I think uh, I think we covered a lot. We're pro- yeah. We I apologize for length, but uh, we went on a couple tangents, which were probably pretty good, and uh, hopefully everyone liked it. But you know what? Next week we will talk about something we hinted about earlier, and we will begin to dig into the <laughs> the much liked and much hated, at least in our world, uh, instructions on some of these kits that a few of the manufacturers put out that are just killing it. And we'll talk about some of the worst instructions and some of the worst kits we've ever got. So uh, we hope you enjoyed our podcast. We're going to be trying to put one out every week. Uh, you know, if you like it, subscribe to it. You can also hit us up on our Facebook page and our Instagram at HO Scale Customs. And we also have our website and blog, HOScaleCustoms.com. And in the very near future, we are going to be starting to sell scratch built and custom built kits. So we'll have scratch built structures and we'll also take some kits from the major manufacturers and build them in a different unique way and, and sell them also on our website. So keep an eye out for them and we'll keep everyone posted on that. So I think, uh, I think that's a wrap for the week and we will have a custom email address set up. It'll be podcasts at hoscalecustoms.com. So if you want to hit us up on that, you can send us an email. You can give us some suggestions for topics or different things you want us to talk about, or if you have questions, we'll try to, we'll try to, I mean, we're not experts, but we'll give you what we think we should, we would do in that situation. If you have questions about kit building or your model railroad. So I think that's it. I think that's a wrap for the day. If not, uh, we'll catch you next week. Hope everyone enjoyed it.